You're listening to The Plug with Neil Griffiths. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Plug Podcast with me, Neil Griffiths. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for listening. Hope everything is great wherever you are in the world right now. Uh, Before we kick off this episode, I just want to say a quick thanks to everyone who's been listening over the last couple of weeks. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast page and also check out our YouTube. We've been hitting that up a lot recently. The Plug with Neil Griffiths Podcast YouTube channel has been getting a lot of love in recent weeks. Again, thank you for the support. We genuinely appreciate it. But it's a very exciting week because finally, and officially my next guest album is out everywhere of course I'm talking about Dermot Kennedy his second record Sonder is out now you can listen to it right now but I would advise to listen to this podcast first because it serves as a nice little prelude regular listeners of the show will remember I did a podcast with Dermot late last year around August this podcast is really a bridge between then and now obviously in that time he's released more music he's toured with Sean Mendes and he'll be going on a US tour next year including a stop at the iconic Madison Square Garden here in New York City, which I will be at come hell or high water because I have missed him in Australia and the US the last few times he's toured. So we spoke a lot about what the last year has been like, particularly making this album, finally getting back on stage, and what's coming next for Dermot. Obviously there's going to be a lot of touring, a lot of shows, but he does have more music in his back pocket. We spoke about what that is and when we could possibly hear it. Here is the return of Dermot Kennedy on The Plug Podcast. Welcoming back for the second time on the Plug Podcast. I like to think that we're now better than just friends. Dermot Kennedy, welcome back to the show, my friend. What's up? How are you? Thanks for having me again. How are you doing, man? It's good to see, I mean, over Zoom again, but it's good to see your face. Yeah, you too. I'm good. Feeling really good. Yeah, busy times, but uh, very excited to kind of move into second album territory. Yeah, where are you currently? I am in Ireland. I'm in Dublin. Great. Which okay. is rare these days, but it's where I'm still based. So um, <laughs> so it's important to me to get back whenever I can, yeah. Yeah, so I, w- I just said right before we started recording, we did this August last year. You were in Wisconsin. Yes. I was in Sydney, Australia. Now I'm in New York, and you are, I'm assuming, driving somewhere in Ireland. Exactly, yeah. And um, uh, did you move to New York? Yeah, like four weeks ago. No way. Yeah. How are you finding it? Good? Good, man. Really good. I'm in Midtown at the moment. Um. I don't know. Do you? Is this a thing in Ireland? Because it's not in Australia. Why the fuck do taxis beep at everything? Constantly. No, it's actually why it's funny because before before we got on the phone, I was thinking, oh, it's great to be doing this in Ireland because no one beeps. It's yeah, not a thing. In Australia, like you beep the horn when there's imminent danger. Here, yeah, it's, it's like yeah, it does away with the idea of it being effective <laughs> at all. Just everybody does it. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you been home for? Uh, oh, I got in this morning. So, oh, wow. like five hours or something. Yeah, I don't even yeah. know. Yeah. Well, yeah. as we, re- we record this, what, we're exactly 14 days away from the release of Sonder. Again, it's funny exactly. to think that we did this podcast August 2021. It'd been maybe a few weeks since Better Days had come out. In that interview, we spoke a little bit about this album. Um, obviously, it's it's been a couple of delays. So, um, how are you feeling, man, now? I mean, the album should have been out today, but now we're two weeks away. How, how are you sitting with it all? Totally. I feel good. It, it like, you know, I think I would like to believe that 
considering this album is going to dictate my life and define it for the next few years, I like <laughs> to believe two weeks isn't that extreme. You know what I mean? And, sure. Uh, and yeah, there's just larger things at play, so I have to um, I have to be patient, same as everybody else. But it's music, you know. It it, it comes out when it needs to, and and I don't think it sort of lessens its impact. I don't think it dulls the importance of the music. And to me, I don't know. I don't let that stuff get to me. I was listening back to that interview before doing this, and we, we touched a right. little bit down the album. Again, August 2021, I don't know where you're at in the album process at that point, but you said that you wanted your fans to know that it will be unapologetically you, it will be sincere, it will be authentic. I'm fortunate enough that I've been able to listen to the album and, and dude, yes, box ticks. Absolutely. Congratulations. Nice. I'm a really big fucking fan of it. Actually, just a side note, your fans are crazy because the amount of fan pages that cut up that interview and shared the parts about the album. Yeah, I remember that. I kind of had a little rant when we were chatting last time. And it's just, it is, it's important to me because like you said, whoever follows my music, they're very, very committed to what I'm doing. And so it's just important to me to not isolate anybody, but also... I've got to keep moving as an artist. You know, I can't be stagnant. I have to sort of push myself and, and get outside my comfort zone, which sometimes means getting outside their comfort zone. And so we just kind of find our feet together. But um, but no, yeah, I, I feel like I honored every sort of side of myself as an artist. The album as well, it's it's probably more uplifting than the first album. Um, there are some sad songs in there, and obviously the moody hipster in me loves those songs as well. Um so- but how, how do you feel about the album as, a, as an involvement, I guess, from Without Fear? Do you think this is not a happier album, but a, a much more uplifting record? Yeah, probably. You know, I think you're right. There's sad songs on there for sure. And I think musically, it's, it's, it's a bit broader. I think for me... I really do think of touring all the time when I'm making music for better or for worse. That's just something that always comes into my head. And so to be honest, these songs, I got excited with them in the studio because I knew they would be big live and a song like one life that's on the album, for example, we played it last night for the first time and it just, it feels really, really good to be honest. It feels huge. And so it's lovely. to be, I said that to the crowd after we played it last night, I was like, I swear we really don't know how it's going to go when we play these songs for the first time. So when it has that impact, it just feels really good. But, I think it's probably more optimistic as a project. Yeah. It's just where you're at in life too. I didn't like, I'm sure you know this, but like you definitely don't sit down sort of thinking like, all right, I'm going to write a more optimistic song today. It's just, it's wherever you're at in life. It's just, it sort of finds its way naturally. It's funny. I saw you said in an interview recently that you generally don't like being the center of attention, but, and we'll talk about these US shows in a little bit. You're only getting bigger. The, the songs are getting more well-known. You're playing the bigger crowds. Do you feel more comfortable, again, without sounding like a douchebag, do you feel comfortable being the center of attention now? Are you more comfortable being in the spotlight? Are you owning that more? It depends on the context. Like, if I'm on stage, I love it, you know? And it's not that I love being in the spotlight. It's just I love being the one who's responsible for that. And I love being sort of the one that has to deliver that performance and make people feel a certain way. But I definitely don't... Um, no, I don't seek it out. I'll never be that as a person, you know? And I think, yeah, I get more comfortable over time. Like, say, even as a person, this scenario would have made me really uncomfortable previously, but now it's just a conversation. And so you just, you know, like you get more confident over time. And it's not even as a person, but it's just as an artist, you know? I could talk to you about the album all day because I know I can stand behind it. So uh, mm. it fully depends on the context. But uh, no, I'm certainly, 
I don't think I'll ever be someone that kind of seeks out the spotlight. Is it more comfortable as well owning, I suppose, what is yours? It's funny, we, we think about that interview back in August last year and you mentioned that you had previously been offered to open for Taylor Swift, but it probably wasn't the right time for you to do that. Between that interview and this one, you went on a bunch of shows with Shawn Mendes. Why was that the right time for you to go and play shows of that level and I guess to those many people? Really good question. And to be honest, like in retrospect, any sort of reluctance to do that is just naivety on my point. You know, I, I think um I think whatever wariness I had or whatever sort of um fears I might have had playing shows like that, they were just gone immediately. But to be honest, like first off, playing a show and not being the headline act was just really nice for once, <laughs> because it's been years of kind of pushing and playing these headline shows and you put a lot of pressure on yourself and so to not be the headline was really really cool and then like as a learning experience it was just so good to be in these like basketball stadiums hockey arenas playing to that many people um I just I realized I absolutely loved it immediately and I think one thing I was afraid of was my songs and my gigs kind of losing their intimacy because there's that many people and it's such a huge event but to be honest the way those stadiums are set up every seat is just geared towards the stage. And so it's funny kind of getting people's attention feels a lot easier than say a festival or like an open air crowd. So I was surprised in a lot of ways um, and realized that I actually know nothing yet again. <laughs> Does it matter to you anymore? The idea of playing a theater of 200 people, playing a stadium of 20,000 people. I know you even like popped up in a, was it Vegas you performed with Medusa, the, the Paradise track? Oh, that was in New York, in Brooklyn, New York. actually, in Mirage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was that, my first time does, singing a song live after COVID, so it was bizarre. Was that How many times have you performed that track in particular with Medusa? Once, that one time. That one time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. It, it's, it's annoying to think about because I've been playing Cat and Mouse with you for two years because I was meant to come to America pre-COVID to see your shows. Right. One of them was meant to be Red Rocks. COVID happened. They got called off. So I was stuck in Australia. Your tour went ahead. Then you just, well, not just, a couple of months ago, you played Australia, but I was in New York. Yeah. And finally, I can oh, fucking okay. say you're coming back to New York to play a little venue called Madison Square Motherfucking Garden. Congratulations. Yes. I, 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 I don't even have, really have a question for that. I saw the, the tour schedule and I was like, you've done it. This is it. Madison Square Garden, that's yeah, insane. I mean, it's one of those ones, isn't it? It really is nuts. Um, yeah, I mean, it's in June. I can't wait, like, because, you know, it's just an iconic place. I don't know. Have you been down to the venue? Yeah, yeah. I saw my first couple of shows in June. Right, yeah. And, yeah. like, there's all these quotes outside from sort of artists who've played it previously. And it's yeah. just, it is. It's one of those ones. But, like, you know, the goalposts do always move. That's not just a cliche thing. Like, I know um, with Red Rocks, that feels like a sort of career-defining moment as well. And we mm. did that last, sort of last August. And then immediately you're kind of thinking about the next thing. And um, But the garden, kind of, yeah, it does. I don't know where you go from there. It is nuts to think we're doing that. It's fucking insane. And like a little shout-out to the music.com.au who I used to write for. I saw you for the first time at a venue called Oxford Art Factory in Sydney in 2018. Right. That I think the venue capacity is like 500 people yeah. max. Four years on, 
yeah, you're yeah, playing yeah. Madison Square Garden. Like, just as a, I don't even know how you're feeling because as a fan, I'm like, fuck yeah, I was there and I'm going to be there. I'm not yeah, leaving. If, if New York tries to kick me out in June, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is crazy, but also, you know, it just, it feels like we've earned it. Like, we've, since you saw that show at Oxford Arts Factory, like, it's been relentless. We've just been playing everywhere, you know? I think this will be the seventh or eighth headline show in New York. So it's not just kind of we have a random radio hit and then we're lucky enough to sell that many tickets. You know, it's from grafting and going back every time. So, yeah. Does your booking team bring that to your attention before they announce it? Do they say, hey, we're going we're gonna to go to the garden? Or even a Red Rocks, because that's another crazy venue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I knew about it because, you know, it it, like it's been top of the list for a long time. So even after Radio City, which is sort of half the size, I I immediately was like, we've got to go for it next time. And then, you know, with the gap of the pandemic in between, it was just like, surely we can do this now. So, yeah. Looking to take your home recording studio to the next level? The new Audio-Technica AT2020 USB-X condenser microphone has been specifically designed for musos, podcasters, and content creators who want the best quality sound with the easiest setup possible. It features a built-in headphone jack with volume control to let you directly monitor the microphone signal with no delay, and has a silent touch-sensitive mute button to quickly and easily mute audio at the microphone. Whether you're looking for the best streaming microphone or looking to enhance your content creation for YouTube videos, the AT2020 USB-X is the optimal choice for all types of content creation. For more details on how you can get your hands on this microphone, head over to audiotechnica.com. I suppose you've been sitting on Sonda for a little bit. Have you even really put much thought into what comes next? Or are you just thinking about getting this album out and touring for a little bit? Because obviously, again, we talked about Better Days had come out a few weeks before I interviewed you that first time. And that's well over a year now. Are you even yeah. considering new music? Do you have a whole batch of songs stored that you're going to just drop us as a surprise EP and do a Taylor Swift on everyone? I do have some that are... You know, for me, I normally stand behind the idea of if something's really good, then it should be on the project. And if it's not good enough to be on there, then it goes in the bin. That's what I've always kind of felt like. But I do, I really do have some that didn't make it onto this album that do deserve to exist at some point. So maybe, yeah, it could be a surprise thing. Or even, you know, like it's just, I like I'm, I'm not thinking too much about it. To be honest, everything is day by day for me. It really mm-hmm. is. Like I'm just, I want this album to come out. I want to sort of, like I know what I'm doing tomorrow and past that, like I don't really know. Like I just take things day by day, I swear. Like I remember seeing an edge here in quote from years ago and he always in terms of work rate, he just said, Just get on the plane and then do the thing you gotta do when you get there. But yeah, with the way the schedule is and stuff, I just I have to kind of take it day by day. I'm curious when we did that interview, how far along was the album or were you still only in the writing part? August last year, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was sort of, it was very scattered. I wouldn't have had a lot of it then. And, you know, like for me, I think, say songs like Better Days, songs like Something to Someone and Kiss Me, those were kind of, they sort of showed up early enough. And then from the first time I spoke to you beyond that, I kind of, that was like, especially the way I spoke to you about what I needed to do and honoring where I came from, all that, you know, from then on, that's kind of what I had to do. So I had to find songs like, innocence and sadness and blossom which is the last song in the album just these songs that really make sure there's tons of me in that project you know without kind of staying stuck where i am but honoring where i came from without sounding way too cliche is sonder more a moment in time or is this the perfect 
progression of Dermot Kennedy between without fear and now? I think it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess that's sort of, there's two ways of looking at it, right? Like one of the good things about the way music is these days, people are just releasing music all the time. And so you can, you know, like you can bring out, like you said, you can bring out a surprise EP. It can be a sort of a, like you can just drop music whenever you feel like it, which is beautiful. But also I don't want to say it's a moment in time to sort of downplay its importance. You know, I really, I do want this to sort of define where I'm headed next. And I can tell, you know, like for, for me, obviously touring has been so important in terms of my career. And so I can just tell how these songs will take that to the next level and, it will, and it, they'll fit, you know, like just where the show is headed, like a song like kiss me obviously is more, it's brighter. It's more kind of optimistic as he said, but like, when we were in those stadiums with Sean, immediately you kind of feel vindicated in your head because you're like, oh, this song belongs in here. Like, this is an environment where this song can thrive. And so I'm trying to be an artist that can do that, but also play a song, just me and the guitar to like 10,000 people and it just be dead quiet. So, you know, I'm ticking multiple boxes all the time, hopefully. Do you find yourself, especially as the, as the years roll on, do you find yourself more excited playing the the more uplifting songs or are you way more comfortable with just you and the guitar and singing about heartbreak i think i think the heavier ideas come naturally to me for whatever reason (laughs) and and it's not even about musical arrangement like say one life we played it last night it's it's quite a sort of a deep song the chords are darker it feels like a sort of a grimier soundscape and i just i feel very comfy in there but also like like i said it's good to be uncomfortable and 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 just to perform a song And, and to be honest it's kind of fun for us to feel challenged on stage. Like as a band, say with Kiss Me, like we were putting it after Better Days in the shows in Australia and it just, it felt like it worked after that. And so it's just nice to face these challenges on tour and try and do different things and have a show that sort of makes people feel all kinds of ways instead of just sort of consistently coasting through one way, yeah. Do things seem less complicated now? And again, I'm, I'm thinking about the Dermot that I saw playing in front of a few hundred people in 2018. Are you more comfortable now? Are you more confident? Do you know what to do, what not to do, where you want to go? I think so. I wouldn't say I know what to do and what not to do. Like, I'd be, I definitely don't have it figured out by any means, but I just like, I feel more confident because if I like, it just feels like it kind of got me this far, you know, my mind and my attitude and my creativity and whatever ideas I have took me to this point. So, you know, like I just have to trust that because if I lose the reins on that, then I, I think I'd go mad, you know, because everything is on a much bigger scale now. Like more people follow me on social media, more people come into the shows, more people having an opinion on my music and having an opinion on who I am as a person. So if I got caught up in that, I'd just go crazy. Do you know what I mean? So I have to just, I have to trust that who I am got me here and just ignore the noise. Do you have a social media team? Like I, I can't imagine that you love being face a camera going, hey, everybody, Dermot here. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Yeah. 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 If ever, if ever I do that, I've been, uh, I've been sort of asked, but it's fine because you know I, I see the benefit of it, and and like there's beautiful upsides to social media, and then there's some really dark stuff too. Yeah. But like, yeah, there's definitely because there's sometimes, say for example, like I'm home for two days now, and I just I'll delete the app off my phone because it's just it's not mm. a good idea, you know, like. There's no point in me going home for two days in between shows if I can't sort of enjoy being at home because I'm just keeping track of everything that I'm doing on the internet. It's not good. So between now and the US tour, what does your schedule look like? 
And between now and then, we're going to... I've got some shows in the UK that are sort of smaller shows. Um, smaller capacity, like crowds of about 500 to 1,000, that sort of thing, um, all around the album release. And then we'll have the album come out. There's a bunch of stuff kind of here and there. And then early next year, yeah, we just get into touring for about four months straight. I can't wait, to be honest, because it's just, it's reliable. You know what I mean? Like, I know I live on a bus for those few months. It's quite, I like that sort of predictability. Is the album cycle like a, are you looking at probably a 12 to 24 month, you know, US, Europe, possibly Australia and Asia and all the rest? Probably, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know how it gets cut up and, and sort of segmented and you get home when you can. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be nonstop for a bit, you know. Also, it's just, you're trying to touch like every, part of the world you're trying to kind of get to everybody so um it can be sort of non-stop at times but you know like say for example the shows in australia earlier this year they were just so good so it's just you know you lo- you want to go back and play to people again as soon as you can i know you had a shit run of health with australian show specifically were you okay on this last tour that was all right yeah it was nothing dangerous but it was just like it was <laughs> just me sort of operating at 60 percent instead of 100 and uh yeah like and New Zealand was worse. It was basically, it was vocal health and it was just schedule caught up with me and my technique couldn't match the diary, but uh, I'm fixed now. Yeah, it's all good. That's good. So any like festival dates coming up, I suppose, after the US tour, TBA? Yeah, TBA for sure. I mean, like someone knows, but it's not me. Like I said, <laughs> <laughs> I know that tomorrow or the next day. That's awesome. Well, Dermot, thank you so much for coming on, man. Again, congratulations on this album. It's fucking incredible. I can't wait for everyone to hear it. Uh, and selfishly speaking, I can't wait to see you at Madison Square Garden next year. Yes, nice, man. I'll see you then. Thanks, Dave. We'll talk soon, dude. Of course. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. This episode is proudly sponsored by Audio Technica Australia. Subscribe, rate, and review The Plug on your preferred podcast platform, and follow us on Instagram and YouTube at The Plug with Neil Griffiths, and on TikTok at theplug.podcast to stay up to date with episode releases and giveaways.